0: 2019, where did the time go? Kelly, we got some snow in the wedges, buddy. It's a new year. It's time for resolution, right? It's time to try to do that thing again. And then what, it gets about three weeks. Then I kind of drift back. That's what I do, at least. My year's resolution this year was trying to read more. I'm really good with, you know, picture books, except the Bible, of course. But anything else, if there's pictures, I'm good. But we've got this ongoing joke. I mean, it's not really this bad. It, would, it wouldn't be humorous if I didn't exaggerate it a little bit, right? We've got this ongoing joke in my family that Pastor Jeff only reads chapter one of that book. And then it seems to make its way to the drawer. But they don't have four kids like me that just finally got out of diapers. So that's my excuse, you know? But... New year, there we go. The snow is gone. Thank you, Sound Man. As a new church, we're still working through the process. We're in the pruning season, and we're almost, we are a walking toddler now. we started, we were just a conception. But then we got a Nate, and we got the Sebastians, and we got the Hills, and we got some more Nate's family. We got Sarah. We got Ben. We got Gwalt we got people, and all of a sudden, we became a toddler last year. And that's good for a season. But now, it's time to walk, baby. It's time to do something new. We're, we're done with that. And God's got something new this year, like new faces, new seasons, new experiences, new problems. No problem, no reward, right? Or as Biggie would say, more problems. How's he doing? More mo responsibility. More mo problems. Come, mo prob, the more trouble we come across, Nate. I totally butchered that. The more problems we see. But see, with no problems, we don't get the blessing. I don't quote Biggie Smalls too often. It's just days when I don't get enough caffeine. <laughs> but yeah, with the new church, you know, we set everything up. And there's like 20 computers. And I don't know, probably no one here has a, anybody have a computer? Somebody has a computer? One person. One person has a computer. I see some grins. Like, why, why is that funny? Every, Oh, everybody has a computer these days. It's kind of like a smartphone, right? Everybody's got a smartphone. It's just like, for me, it's like part of the body. And when I'm, I always joke, I say, I'm like, power, uh, uh, Iron Man, when I don't have my smartphone, and my battery's going dead on my smartphone, I feel like Iron Man who's losing his ability to do anything. It's really sad. That's also on my list for resolutions. But with the new computers, I'm a Microsoft guy. And how many have ever heard of BSOD. B-S-O-D. We got DevOps in the back. He knows what B-S-O-D is. I know you know that's right. Blue screen of death, okay? It's a term for Windows since the inception of Windows. Don't you remember Bill Gates giving the spiel on the new Windows, new Windows coming out, operating system? Like back in the day, it was probably like, I don't know, Windows 95, I think it was, and he was standing at the the conference hall and everything, and then the thing went blue. That's called the blue screen of death in the geek world. And if you're down with B.S.O.D., you're a geek like me, and that's cool. DevOps in the house. I'm a software developer. I know it's weird. Software developing and preaching. I don't have an answer. But BSOD is the blue screen of death, and anybody that's ever worked in the Microsoft world knows exactly what BSOD is because it's the blue screen of death. It's when Windows crashes. I know you Mac people, that doesn't happen to us. Doesn't happen if we got one button that does everything. Well, I'm too picky. I can't handle the one button I have to have control, hence blue screen of Death, but the system. What What's really happening is when a computer hits its capacity, it says, "I can't take no more. Something's got to give." Blue, blue screen of death, a fatal exception has occurred. Would you has has occurred? Would you like to send this diagnostic information off to Microsoft, who will do nothing anyway? It feels good. I would say no, Jim. I don't send any of it. But that's kind of like. Our lives. I don't know anybody ever did help desk. I'm just having a help desk flashback. I used to work at AG Edwards, and back in the day, when you get the blue screen of death or a problem, nine times out of ten, the solution was reboot. Amen. Somebody knows the solution for prospering and growing and recovery is a reboot. And so these these stockbrokers would call in. I worked the help desk read my Bible, BibleGateway.com, and I'd answer the calls. This Jeff with the help desk. How can I help you? Blah, 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 blah. I'd go through my script. This was like 13, 14 years ago. And they'd say, my computer screen's black. What do I do? Just like that. They'd freak out. Screen's black. Screen's black. Well, sir, is there there little light by the screen, is, is that on? No? Is, there's a little box on the floor. Is that? What color? Is it? It's orange. I'll press this button right there. Everything's back. It's a miracle. It was powered off, sir. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, how about this one? My, my coffee tray is... My coffee tray's broken. You ever heard that one, Jim? Oh, man. They were using a CD-ROM as a coffee holder for their coffee cup. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I was 20, 25. I'm going, for real? you putting your coffee cup on there? Are you crazy? You're asking for the blue screen of death. You're asking for your coworkers to slap you around, too. That's just a no-no. But what it means is It's hit its capacity. And in order to fix it, you got to reboot it. And they'd call up with locked up machines all the time because they're doing too many things and they they have cheap machines and the, the machines would crash. Reboot, nine times out of 10, fix the problem. It's because the reboot clears the plate, clears the memory, clears the frozen processes, clears all the issues causing the machine to be froze, like life. And at the turn of the new year, we're excited for things to come, but we sometimes lack the energy from all the holidays, travels, events, bills being paid. You got end-of-year the year sales tax, real estate tax, personal property tax, life insurance, all that fun stuff. Overeating. I don't know about you, but I get in this guilt cloud. Oh, what am I going to do? I ate all that sugar. Anybody else like the sweets at the holidays? Anybody? Two p- Good. Okay, it's not just me. When it, when it, when you feel guilty, join with others to excuse your, you know. But we know it's the start of a new year, but we don't feel ready from all these things. We felt like we just are still recovering, and now here we are in the new year, and we're ready to hit the ground running. But we still feel like we got some some weights on us from then last year. We don't feel ready, and it's time to reset and focus on what is to come. But the past is past now. And now we're ready for now. A mental reset or reboot is in order at times to restore focus. And without it, we lose track of where we are and we forget what gave us the energy to pursue the dreams and aspirations in the beginning altogether. You can have the greatest path, but if you forget why you're on it, you get lost. GPS loses signal. You know what I mean? You start losing your passion when you forget why. You're doing what you're doing. When it becomes just a routine and you don't remember why you're doing what you're doing, you start losing passion. On this journey towards God's purpose, as we grow spiritually and mature in our walk with him, we are to continually, continually, everybody say continually, be restored to a higher level. Everybody say higher. It should go higher and higher. level than the year before it's time to reset refocus and recharge clear your mind from the chaos and set your eyes on Jesus as we kick off this new year in pursuit of the great things God has plans in our lives and in this church amen it's okay to clap that's a good thing it's a good thing it's okay to clap I'd clap but then you'll get this sound I say a lot of Not funny jokes sometimes. It's just part of doing this. My passage today is Isaiah, the prophet, chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. And it's not real long. It's the new year. I don't give you too much too quick. You're just kind of easing into the new things. I want to give you a little bit. Then I'll load you up later. Just kidding. But it's a reminder of what we're doing and who we're doing it with. We got help. 28, verse 28, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, our Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait, Everybody say, those who wait. This church, everybody, life, everything you're pursuing, who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Unless they didn't get enough, Was it, iron? I've had it happen. I used to hit the gym a lot when I was younger, but I wouldn't eat, and i I do some really crazy, like, stair-stepper action. Then I get off and I just, I start fainting. I'm like, that doesn't feel right. I didn't have any strength left. My body was shutting down. Smart, huh? I quit doing that now that I got a wife and kids. Priorities. But God says, they shall walk and not faint. When I'm with you, I am your strength. The title of my message today is a unique one. It's not really... A sentence. It's not an acronym. It's a command. It's a computer command. The title of the sermon is, we don't have a computer person today. She's doing Sunday school. So if it was on the screen, it would say, Control-Alt-Delete. Come on. Who knows what Control-Alt-Delete does? DevOps, I should have known. <laughs> you want to reboot? Control-Alt-Delete. How many need a reboot? Ready to reboot? Start over today. Clear the 2018's gone. It was good. There was some bad stuff. And guess what? Some bad stuff rolled into 2019, but that's not going to stop us because today is something new, and we're rebooting. We're rebooting from the accidents. We're rebooting from the hate comments on social media, Nate. We're rebooting from all the random stuff that we never would have forecasted, but it made us good, baby. It made us good for 2019 because now we know what we're doing. Last year, we were figuring it out. And we're going to keep figuring it out. And every year, we're going to climb a new level. And if you want to be passionate about something, it's important that you restore your purpose occasionally. Passion is restored when you receive an occasional refresh to your purpose. Passion is restored when your purpose is refreshed by an occasional reboot. And it's that time of year for the annual fitness check. No, not that one. That one, too. I'm not talking about hitting the gym. I know the gyms are crowded right now. They're probably at the gym now exploding with people because they don't want to go to church. They want to go to the gym because they want to look good so they can do their duck faces on social media. But in two weeks, they're going to be back at home being miserable because they never came to church to find out what God really had for them. They just wanted to look good for a minute. And they don't realize if they don't get spiritually fit, it doesn't matter if they're physically fit. That is what, you know, without the, what's on the, you know, it's, what do they say? Beauty's only on the outside. No, that was liar, liar, Jim Carrey. It starts on the inside. And if you don't have it right in here, the rest is just going to drift away. It's just the fruits of what's going on in here. We need a spiritual annual fitness check. We need a priority fitness check. We want to make it practical for a minute. We need, we need a priority fitness check. Okay, this year, I'm not going to play on my phone so much. I'm going to actually spend time with my kids. Okay, this year, I'm going to read past chapter one. Okay, this year, I'm going to, I'm going to look eye to eye to my family. I'm not going to text them. Anybody else have that? Anybody else text each other more in their house than they do? No, during the headlights. It's just me. It's okay, but see, I'm here to dump my baggage on you so you can see what kind of problems are out there in the world. I'm just kidding. We do text each other, the wife and I. It's kind of strange. It seems like we have some of the best conversations over voice text, but it's important you check your, check check what it types sometimes. It can it can drift off course. And those emoticons, man, what do they come up with next? You can really speak a language with some emoticons if you're not careful. But this year we're gonna do some new things and we're gonna check our spiritual fitness just like New Year's resolution. But it's not, it's not going to start over next year. It's going to be higher than next year because we're going to do better this year, not just go in a circle. And if I never take a break from last year, I can never recover. You need a reboot. Our minds have a capacity just like those computers, and if it's at capacity, you can't be efficient. That's a problem. I like to run 100 miles an hour. And, I, I, like, I feel myself going unconscious sometimes at home while my kids are talking to me. Maybe that's just old age. But what I realize, I never stop. So I'm coming up, you know, 4-0. And, and I'm starting to think maybe I should reduce capacity uh, output so it's more of a patient. Because God is patient, you know. God, it's not a sprint with God. If you want to endure to the end, you got to pace yourself. There's a rhythm to walking in God. There's a rhythm to all this. There's a rhythm to anything. If you go too fast, too hard, you will burn out. So it's important to check your spiritual heart rate today, January. It's the beginning of the year. It's, there's no better time to do it. You know you bought the gym membership, so go ahead and get your spiritual one too. But you got to take a break. And God wants to give you more. And the lack of the sleep and clutter in your spiritual closet is going to slow you or perhaps crash you again to the B.S.O.D., you can have the adverse effect. You take too much time off. Some people want to take off like for a year. Then you're training your body that you just never can recover. You're always tired. Why am I always tired? It's because you're always laying on the couch. Why Am I always tired? I can never get up and go somewhere like church. It's because you never do it. It's muscle memory. Your body is acclimating. And just like your body, your spirit is acclimating. It knows, hey, I don't think about this. I do this. I don't, I don't feel good. And then I do it. I do it because he is able. He is. I am. I do it with passion, and I do it without passion. But it's a lot more fun when you restore the passion because it's also a reminder, where am I going? It's so easy to drift, of course, with my goals in life, with my walk with God. It's so easy to Google my purpose and end up in the devil's hand. I need a refresh. Wait, What, what, was, what was this about when I started? Am I better than last year right now? Where am I going this year? Where will I be next year? Some of it we don't know, but it's important we reboot to refresh the purpose. And it's time to get in rhythm with God. This year we're gonna get in rhythm with God more than in the past. And I have to calibrate my steps with the Lord's. Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. But I don't like that, Lord. That's you're out of calibration. It's like um, a gun. I've got some hunters in here. I like to watch and hear hunters talk, but I'm a city boy, and so hunting to me is going and buying the brisket at Sam's Club, throwing it on the smoker. But if your gun is not calibrated properly, what happens? You can shoot the you can shoot the bullet. You can aim at the 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 pig or the the, the deer or whatever, but if it's not calibrated, it's not on course. You're just wasting bullets. That's our, that's our walk with God. It has to be calibrated in God's will. And in order to calibrate in God's will, we have to say, Am I aligning with what the Word says? Am I living according to what the Word says? The Word, we were talking about this this morning. Yes, prayer is communicating to God, but how we hear from God is through His Word. He is His Word. You can't separate His Word from who He is. And my Word shall become flesh. And He dwelt among us. He, he is His Word. You want God? You need His Word. You want to calibrate with God? Receive His Word. Study His Word. Show thyself approved. Be diligent in knowing who your God is and how much He loves you, and what He has planned for you through His Word. Otherwise, you're shooting blanks. You're just shooting, but you're not necessarily. It may feel good, and and the others may think it looks good, but if if it's not God's will, what's the point? It's just impressing people. We want to impress God. We don't want to impress each other. We want to impress God. We want to show God that he is first, not the world. We want to look good on the outside, but we need to be spiritually fit on the inside to do so. And what others see on the outside is a result. When they see that you have all those nice things, when they see how how people like you, and you have all these friends and all these things, and you eat good, and you have a nice home, and all these things, maybe they don't know that it's because you gave yourself 100% on the inside. And you know what? Maybe, maybe that's not you. Maybe you don't have all those things. That doesn't mean it's better or not better. It's just different. Everybody's course is different. And what we judge as success. God doesn't judge the same way. You know you're on the right path when you're feeling, feeling the fulfillment. Some of the greatest moments of fulfillment I've had in my life are from the sweatiest, nastiest, hardest things I pursued. It's because I was all in. And my heart was in it. When your heart is in something, you will reap the reward. When your heart's not in it and you're doing it for somebody else or it's conditional or you're only doing it because you're expecting something, your root may dry up. So it's important to calibrate this January 2019 and say, what is my heart doing for God? What is my focus this year with God? How am I going to go higher in my annual fitness check? I will evaluate this through prayer. Through the word. And in this process, God desires you lean on him, for he is your strength. They shall walk and not faint, it says. They shall mount up like wings like eagles. Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. So he's available through the process. He's available, but you have to lean on him for his strength. You must become weak for him to be strong. I must decrease. He must increase. You have a team of believers in your church, if nobody else. And they're ready to lock hands with all of you. It's a team effort. We're getting ready to go into some relationship stuff. Not to be predictable like every church who starts relationship series in January, which is pretty common. So I said, I'll do that too. But I'm going to talk more about relationships in a different way. You know, not, not the, I'm going to try to talk about it differently. Like, Without relationships, you couldn't do anything, anything. I'm I'm going to my next message. I can't do that. That's just a little tidbit. But if you take away the relationships of your peers, of your body, of those you lock arms with in business, that's who you know. The best deals are accomplished through the people you're friends with. The people want to help you if they like you. All those things, it's all through relationships. And you have relationships here today. You have a relationship with me as your pastor. You have a relationship with Jesus as your heavenly father. You have a relationship with other congregation members. If you choose to lock arms with them, they are here for you, and we're doing this together. Even if it's your first day, I'm ready to lock arms with you. I love all people. I don't know everybody's names, but I love you guys because I want to see people come to the Lord and be filled I want to see their, their level rise each year. That is the reward. We love it. It's a blessing. I'm blessed by you all. This church is blessed because of you all. This church is you all. The buildings mean nothing. The church is the body, the people. So we have to stay on course, calibrate our path, and lean on him for our energy and lock hands together. And Right now is the time to remember, this is a marathon, not a race. And a lot of you have been sprinting the marathon. But you know, marathons are kind of long. And if you're going to sprint, you're going to crumble. It's time to strike a pace or the pulse of pressure. Plug from last year's pulse of pressure message. It's about the pace in which the pressure comes in and goes. If it's too fast, it'll hurt you. If it's too slow, it'll hurt you. You get in God's rhythm and you get the right pace. That's when you hit your potential. We have to stop sprinting the marathon. He gives power to the weak. He will renew your strength. But life is a team effort, and you need your peers. You need your church body members, your church family, and you need God to lock arms with. Or you'll gas out. You'll burn out. We got a lot of different ages in here. There's so many... There's so many tempting things the world wants you to do at all the different ages. You know, teenagers, you know, senior citizens, you know, midlife, uh, young married, they call them in like the 30s, kids, my own kids. The world is just tugging at them through the, through the tablets and through the things and all the things, and it's just trying so hard, and it's so important in order to get through this marathon that we lock arms together. We can't do it alone. I don't care how much Bible you have in you, you can't do it alone. You need Jesus. And Jesus says, and you need them because when I am in them, I am in you. And we are all together and we are the body and we are the bride of the groom and all the things and all the things because we are the body. We do it together when we come born again. Anybody like, speaking of, you know, something highly biblical and Christian, I often talk about martial arts. The UFC, anybody like the UFC? Me, I like it. I like it because my boys do wrestling, and so I like the the competitive aspect of martial arts and and all these things. I don't like the violence. I like the struggle because the struggle is what produces growth. And in the UFC, you've got some guys who they call them strikers. Why? Because they like to strike people. And what they do is they come out guns blazing, They just just come out guns blazing. If they don't get a home run on your head, first minute, they're done. You know why? Because they gas out. And you see the seasoned veterans of wrestling and martial arts pace themselves because they know it's a marathon, not a race. They have to evaluate. They have to gauge range. They have to say, what is the course I'm on? Let me take a good look and let me manage it at the proper pace. And I need Jesus to do that. If I just come out going crazy, I'm going to burn out. And God doesn't move. In chaos, he moves patiently. Everything God does in the scripture is patient. When he moved on the day of Pentecost, it was patient. It wasn't, it wasn't it, it, he, he moved patiently. God plants seeds in your heart patiently. God moves patiently as he roots up a harvest in your heart. It's patient. It's not a chaos thing. You don't know what's going on. My life is in chaos, and that's God. It's calculated, patient, Sensitive. And loving and it's a marathon and if you want to do it together you have to get the pace right and your consistency everybody say consistency in Christ will always win over a mad dash to purpose always or you'll burn out consistency will always win over a mad dash to purpose you want to get rich quick how well does that work for people doesn't work. It's a scam. You want to, you want to do well in life? It doesn't work to get it overnight. Everything doesn't work overnight. If you want, you want to really find it, be consistent in what you want. Be consistent. You want to get fit? You don't have to go bench press 300 on day one. That may never happen. If that was me, my shoulders pop off. I've had three shoulder surgeries from trying to improve my physical condition. And my body says, it's just not, it's not for you, Jeff. Consistency had more value. I'll just go three times a week. And I won't miss a week. How about that? I'll go three times a week. I'll go to church once a week, and I won't miss. It's just an hour. You know, it, that's an hour we come together to worship the Lord, and the rest of the week, what about that? I'm going to actually, I'm going to read my Bible like outside of church this week. Oh, I never thought of that. I'm going to pray over my meal. I'm going to do just some little things. I'm going to be a little more consistent. I don't have to be a theologian to love God and to share it with other people. I don't have to be a minister of the Lord to be, to be witnessing. I can just come down there and say, hey, man, God is changing my life. He can change your life too. And some people don't really want to hear that. You say, all right, for them, I'm just going to keep being really nice to them, talking about how good God is. And eventually they're going to go, why do you do that? Oh, Jesus of Nazareth, What Nazareth, why have you come to torture us? We know who thou art, said the demons in the swine that got cast over the cliff. See, that's what, that's what people will do when they're fighting the conviction of the Lord. You just show them God's love through your actions. And if you know the word too, it's okay to plant some seed. But your actions, that's what they really want to see. Because we've talked about it, Jim. We've talked about people say one thing and they do another. And when they don't line up, they say, I don't want to be part of that. Neither does Jesus. He doesn't want to be part of that. He wants to live through you, not just come out of here. So our actions are so important. And as we shine the light on others, that's why we call it one seed, God will continue to bring our path focus. Focus. It's really backwards from how we think. We think we have to focus all on ourselves, But as we focus on those and give what we have been given, God keeps lighting your path stronger. You have to give it away if you want to get more. You want to go higher? you got to give away that stuff so you can make some room. And we got to stop sprinting. Otherwise, we'll burn out and lose that passion. And passion is restored when your purpose is refreshed by an occasional reboot. We can't lean on our own understanding, but... God, because he is our strength. We have to keep our eyes on the prize as this year starts. Where am I trying to go this year, Lord? I pray right now and ask you in Jesus' name, show me the way, God. Show me how to practically take steps to improve my walk with you. Be faithful. Make a plan. But prepare to let the plan go how God wants it to go. You can stay cognitive that there is a plan and that it's going, but if it doesn't go exactly how you think, don't throw it by the wayside and say, well, it wasn't God. God you just says, well, that's because that's it was me, actually. I'm going to do it how you don't expect. Because if I did it the way you would expect, why would you need any faith in me? I want to do it how you don't expect. <sighs> Guilty. Felt that one many times. It's awesome, though, when you see that God will continue to do those things. You don't have to keep worrying about how you just know he will. I want to get on fire to God. I want to get on fire for God. But you have to have that fire lit within you. The Bible refers to the fire as the spirit, the Holy Spirit, God in action. The Holy Ghost, it's all the same thing. The Spirit of God moves. The Holy Spirit is a term for God in action. God is a spirit. The Father is the Spirit of the Lord in the the terms of creation. The Son was made flesh. is a term, the fruit has a beginning, was born of, I'm gonna come and redeem, has time and space attached to it. And the regeneration is God moving upon his people to now light that fire in them to become new after their reboot. And those are terms we throw out that often confuse people. But God is simply a spirit who wants to move. And it starts by lighting a fire within you. And in order to be strengthened and led by God, you need the spirit of God in you. It's a real thing, it didn't expire. How can He lead me if He is not in me? You need a new birth possibly. Go read John three in your off time. Nicodemus, one of the smartest Pharisees in the game came to the Lord. I digress right now, but it's important. I share this at night when no one was looking. Well, I don't, I don't want people to know that I actually am not sure if this is what I'm doing, right? I'm going to go ask Jesus when no one's looking and I know everything, but I'm going to go actually find out what do you mean? It's a forecast of the new birth being born again we need the spirit in order to raise our base in the lord raise my base god i don't want to be at the same level as last year i don't want to be last year when i was intimidated by 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 this scripture and i was intimidated by this kind of stuff people would say to me this year i want to be different where i don't really care what they say i don't care what you say jesus i've grown I don't, I don't get the shaking thing anymore where or, or my neck would twitch anymore, and I had to take the pill like I used to have to take for anxiety. And I've been singing my whole life, and I'd have to do that whole thing. I have to take that pill. And nobody knows that. They think he's just so calm and collected, but they didn't know I had to take a pill because my head would shake so bad I couldn't keep my neck straight. I said, I'm not doing that no more, Jesus. I'm going to preach this gospel. I'm not going to be fearful of this mental game the devil's trying to attack me with, and you don't have to either. And he says, Okay, then it's gone. That's last year. Now you're at a new game. You don't need that pill no more. Yeah, that's me. took it till about May. I said, that's it. I'm going to preach the gospel and I got to take a pill for anxiety. That's not right. Haven't taken it since because I don't need that because with the spirit of the Lord, you take the pressure off you. It's, it's him. See before when you're, when you're growing up and like my background's music, some of you don't know that, but my background was music. So it was always on you to like, like entertain people, but the gospel's different there's no pressure in that because you're a vessel. It's different. It's not a show. It's a ministry. It's different. You're shining the light out of you. You're just a vessel. So when you're just a vessel, he is the knowledge. He is the strength. He is the anointing. He says, go and speak and I will give you what to say. He didn't say, go study everything and write the whole thing and go, go recite the whole Old Testament, the, the, the Pentateuch and all that. He said, go and I will give you the words. You know how? Through the spirit. Because the spirit living within me and with without not being in me, I can't speak the Spirit of God to others. I can speak His Word. I can pass it along, but He wants you to be a vessel. That's why you become born again. That's why we're called the Bride of Christ when we become a new creation in Christ because His Spirit dwelleth in us when we become a new creation and now we are one. It's a new DNA. And God wants to see you fly to the top of your holy walk with the Lord and your purpose. But you got to change your base and it starts it starts with those things some of you don't know we've got some people out today and there's some serious family issues going on some deaths in the family and things like that and the devil would love nothing more than, than to bring that into 2019 and that family to tell them it's a new year but it's the same it's the same me that's what the devil wants. The devil wants to use people to say, it's the same problems. It's not going to work out. God can't do that. They want to derail you, but they're not what you validate yourself on. It's your journey, not their journey. And if they try to discourage you today, tomorrow, maybe they laughed at you. Maybe they criticized you. Maybe they threw they threw ignorant Bible at you that they don't really know themselves, and so they copy and paste it off Google, and they sent you an email because they think you shouldn't go to that church, or you shouldn't do this, or you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do anything to improve yourself because it convicts them. That's what the devil wants. He wants them to not survive. He wants them to not go where you want to go. And so you step up more and say, I'm going to shine that light because I want them to be with me. There's a consequence. It's a real thing. We don't preach a lot of damnation, but there is a consequence in this whole thing. Otherwise, I wouldn't do this. I mean, it's fun, but it's hard work. I wouldn't do it unless I really believe there was a consequence. And we have to get in the word. And share his word in a, in, a, in a generation that's slowly throwing it away. We love everybody and we want to give what we have been given. So it's important when you receive persecution or they discourage you, same thing. You say, thank you. I appreciate that. And Jesus loves you so much. And one day you will see what I mean. I'm going to keep praying for you. I'm going to keep telling you what good things he's done. Oh, you, you think because I went bankrupt that, that Jesus doesn't love me? Oh, you think because I had a drug problem, Jesus doesn't love me? Oh, you think because I was a drunk people, Jesus didn't love me? Jesus loved me before I was even created because he created me. He still loves me. He never left me. So someday you will find out he loves you that way. And when you see what God will do to you, you will come to your knees like I came to my knees. It happens. People say, I prayed for that person 30 years. I prayed for that person 30 years. They just never came to church. And finally, God got their attention after 30 years. Don't stop praying for your brothers and sisters. Don't stop bleeding by example. And when they discourage you, count it as a blessing because that means God is working on their heart. I promise. I promise. There is nothing more exciting than to see those people that hated on you start loving God. It's just the weight falls off. The chains fall off those people. And it is just so exciting to see. And God wants to do something new in you. And so we're rebooting this year to refresh our purpose. God wants to do something new. We're trying to raise our base. And the good thing, like I was saying, is I don't have to hold the rope all by myself. I used to do uh, rock climbing. Not not real right climbing. You know, like in the in the in the rec centers, you know, you'd go climb the, you'd sign the waiver, you might die. Okay, sign this right here. And and then your buddy holds the rope. And if your buddy decides to look at his phone, we didn't have cell phones back then, but if we did, he'd probably look at his phone, drop the rope, and I'd fall to my death, right? But well, yeah, let's do it. That sounds like a good idea. So let's climb to, we're gonna climb the rope, right? And we're gonna climb the thing, and you know, you're climbing. And some of the some of the rock walls are not assisted. If he don't if he doesn't hold the rope when you let go, you go down. But God's wall is different. It's like it's like the wall at Disney World I climbed. As I went up, if I let go, I don't fall down. I keep He says, "Oh, oh yeah. You're climbing for me. I got you. You're climbing for me. You want to go higher?" Oh, he's said, "I got you." It was like assisted. He's there to assist us. He will be our strength and we shall not faint and we won't be weary and we shall have wings like eagles. They shall not renew. They shall renew their strength. See, he's assisting us up the wall. We're going higher and then we slip and that's the moment when he comes in by his spirit because now he's part of you. He says, I'm not leaving you. I'm, I'm, I am with you. We're one, man. You're my body. You're my bride. I'm the bridegroom. I got you. He keeps elevating your walk through sanctification as you become one. God wants to shape you this year with more details than last year. And year by year, God will continue to raise your base, elevating your life to a holier place if my, bi- my base is not elevated and the next year comes and, and I'm staying the same and I'm, I'm going to another church and I keep saying that it's not feeding me and I'm just not getting fed and I keep finding myself saying the same thing, something's wrong. Maybe it's not them. Maybe, maybe something's wrong. You should be elevating. And if you're staying the same year by year, You're griping about the same things. You're still talking about them after church. You say, Can you believe what they wore again? Oh my goodness. Ten years later, it's over with. The the whole style has changed anyway. Why are we still talking about what they wore in 1985? (laughs) I don't have baggage. I just make this stuff up. (laughs) No, seriously, though. We should see growth. And if we're not seeing growth, something's wrong with the formula. We take the word out, we feel empty. When I'm I'm trying to figure out what the next message should be, if I drift from the word, guess what? I feel empty. I have no idea. And it feels hard. And then I get back into the word and I say, wow, look at the ideas flowing back in. It's because God says, hello, I'm the word. You want ideas? You want me? Take me in. It's it's an ongoing thing. You can be saved, born again. You can be sanctified. You can be wise to what we call it, but you're still going to struggle. You got to learn how to refresh and keep your focus on where am I going? God doesn't prevent growth. We prevent growth by getting out of alignment with God's word. If y'all could stand with me as we close this morning on our first Sunday morning at 1C Church in 2019. We had a service last year planned at this time, but a snowstorm was supposed to come, and I didn't want people to die in a car accident, so I said, we got to cancel service one. I was upset. Not this year. This year we got it together. Let me tell you some more funny stories where I got you for a minute. Can I do that for a minute? Last year, we had nothing, and one couple came, and they sat here, I'm never late, and I can't stand when I'm late. It makes me crazy, and I was 30 minutes late starting church one couple was here they sat here the whole time and the, the biggest thing with this first service was saying well will, will people want to come back well they you might have seen the video i talk about it in the video the year in review. and this couple not only did they sit here but they filled out a connection card and then they gave us a donation i thought oh they're just having pity on us it was like a practice service. We weren't even advertising for three more weeks because we said, we got we to gotta practice a couple times before we show the people this is what we are because first impressions go a long way. And now we're a year later and we've been through some real ups and downs. We've had people come. We've had people go. We've, we've grown. We've got worship. We've got all these things in 12 months and we're just so blessed. We're excited because now we're a walking, growing thing. We are no longer conception. Some of y'all came ready and recharged like me I don't know how much caffeine you had but we've been talking about it and I'm feeling the effects of drinking the potted coffee fresh grind it's starting to kick in a little harder than the k cups they don't have the same impact but my energy levels have been up the last two weeks how can I take a new step Lord besides getting a new coffee pot how can I change my life God it's 2019 it's time to do some things different I don't care if they don't like it then they can go I don't need their negativity. I love them. But if they're going to beat me up over it, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Some of you are not charged yet. You're still feeling tired. That's why we're going to reboot. You need to recharge. BSOD. Blue screen of death. Blue screen of spiritual death. Recharge. Reboot. Start over. Clear the plate. Clear the spiritual palate be ready to receive. What are my priorities this year, Lord? More importantly, what are my priorities according to your hand on my life? That's what I want, God. I know it's not going to be fun. I know, I know it, it sucks, really, when you crash a car and you say, this is God's will. But you know what? God is strengthening people through dark seasons. If you really want what he's got and you want to see the light on the other side, you have to be willing to go there. Amen. What do you desire I do, Lord? Lead me, because... Every one of you's greatest days, I don't care what culture says 40 is, just because you're 40 doesn't mean you're over the hill. See, I'm talking to myself right now. My greatest days are ahead of me still, and your greatest days are ahead of you, and your greatest days are ahead of you, and your greatest days are ahead of you, and And God always has something new. You don't want to live in tomorrow. You want to live in now because that's what matters. There's people around you now that need you. You need Jesus right now, and now is your time while you have air to breathe to take it in and give it away and see what God's got for you and quit thinking about 2018 because it's over. Let's bow our head and pray and we're going to worship and be dismissed in a few moments. If everybody could bow their head with me, Lord, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Christ of Nazareth who came and we beheld his glory and he died for our sins and we knew him not God but we know now in 2019 he was the Messiah come. He did give it all for us. We know that what he did was so, so great a love that we can never, never overturn what kind of love he did for us. There's no greater love than to lay down your life for another the Bible says we know that there was no greater sign of unconditional love than when you came in the form of flesh and you died on a cross for us and you didn't have to. When you were trialed in the garden, you cried. He said, take this cup from me if it may be your will. God." He says, no, I got to go through with it because this is the will of God. That's what we want, Jesus. We get excited for you, Jesus. Some people aren't used to being excited for you. But if we get excited for a baseball game, we're going to get excited for Christ too in 2019. Because we don't know how many more days we got. And we are going to get excited for the Lord. And we're going to shine his glory through worship, through word, through fellowship. And we're going to spend it walking, locked in arms together. And if everybody can say, in Jesus' name, amen.